Hey, Westside family, Jake Gilbert here, one of the leaders in charge of our media department. Thanks for joining us for today's message. We hope you are blessed by what God has been speaking to us through our pastors and leaders, and we pray this leads you into an even more intimate relationship with Jesus. We love you guys, and enjoy. Good morning. Good to see you guys today. Hopefully you come blessed and feeling good and just knowing you are loved by your neighbor here and definitely loved by God. Amen? All right. You guys ready to get into the Word today? Don't know how long I'm going to keep you this morning, so I don't want to beat around the bush. Let's just jump into it. So today we are in our third message of this series called The God of Success. First week, we basically went over what the Bible says about uh, God's will for us to succeed. And if you haven't been here for that, when I say success, I am basically meaning achieving. Achieving what God puts in your heart, achieving what God has called you to do, achieving your dreams. Uh, as I've said, sometimes when you start talking about success and prospering in the church, number signs or money signs or get rich thoughts come into your mind. And that might be God's will for some of you, but I am really just meaning uh, achievement, right? Uh, doing what God has called you to do. Uh, so we talked about that the first week. The second week, last week, we talked about giving, offering, tithing. Uh, how when you see how God pours out his blessings upon people, uh, what is associated with that is a heart of tithing or a heart of giving. Today we're going to be talking about faith in action. Uh, when it comes to success, when it comes to prospering according to God's will for our life, uh, I will say an extremely high percentage, I don't have numbers, uh, but normally success doesn't just come from the hand of God on our life. It doesn't just come from uh, applying biblical principles like giving. It also comes from us taking steps of faith. It comes from us doing something. Doing specifically maybe what the Bible tells us to do or doing something, uh, you know, in regards to what we're called to do or what God has uh, put in our heart to do. And so in all reality, when you look at faith in the context of this series, in the context of success, what's important is to make sure we are applying faith uh, to the area that we are called to are the area that we're, we're created for. So when you look at Scripture, just to kind of give you a few examples, you see that God ha gives his people territories, domains, like areas that they are to be blessed in, areas they are to flourish, areas that they are to grow in. For example, uh, Adam and Eve was given the garden. Uh, Abraham was given Canaan land. Uh, we have the tribes of Israel, which was each given a piece of the promised land. Uh, when you look at a really small excerpt, I think it's in First Chronicles, uh, there's a little story about Jabez, and Jabez said a simple prayer to God. He, uh, it, it had four parts to it, but one of the parts was, God, would you enlarge my territory, my area, the place that you have put me in? Uh, so anyway, when you, when you look at that, you see that God kind of, you know, puts us in places that he intends for us to succeed in. Uh, and we call these territories. Now, in my belief, I personally believe 
that every individual has been given a territory, that you have been put in a place or you have uh, been directed to a place that is your domain, your territory. And within that, God wants you to succeed. God wants you to be blessed. God wants you to flourish. Now, these territories uh, can be your work. Uh, these territories can be your ministry. They can be your dreams, the, just the, the, the desire of your heart. Uh, your territory can be your talents. And there's, the list goes on, but just for an example, those are some areas that can be your territories. And to go along with that belief, I also believe with all my heart that God will, has willed you to prosper, to succeed, to achieve in those territories. It doesn't make sense, especially when you consider God the God of order that he is or when you consider God to be a good father like we, like we say he is. It doesn't make any sense at all for God to put us in a domain, give us that territory, and to think that he doesn't want us to achieve. He doesn't want us to succeed, grow, prosper, uh, have dominion over the territory that he has placed us within. But there can be problems when it comes to us and our territory. So one of these problems that can occur is when we want to be or when we want to receive another territory that is not necessarily ours. You can see something, a ministry, a job, a dream, something that you like and something that you long for, but it's just not your territory. Maybe you don't have the skill set. Maybe you don't have the experience. Maybe it's just God's sovereignty that he hasn't chosen you for that particular territory and domain. And nonetheless, we chase that dream or we pursue uh, possessing that territory. And then things just don't go so well. They might go all right, but they just don't go great. You're not experiencing the best that you could be experiencing. You may not be experiencing or receiving the greatest blessings that you can be receiving. Not because God doesn't love you. Not because you're not a good person. But possibly because you're just not in the territory that God wants you to be in. Now, let me give you a little bit, uh, just a little bit of my life as an example. In my life, I have been blessed with two territories. One definitely more important than the other, but nonetheless, two territories. In my life, I have been blessed with the territory of ministry. Just as soon as me and Lorana said yes to ministry as older teenagers, it was as if the doors just opened. And going on 30 years now, I cannot tell you how many opportunities has been presented to me and Lorana when it comes to ministry. All sorts of ministries. Ministries across the nation, ministries in different parts of the world, from speaking ministries to media-based ministries to missional ministries, all kinds of ministries. And we haven't had to really work hard at getting doors open. 
Now, don't get me wrong. We have to work really hard inside the door. But when it comes to doors getting open, it's just a territory. Another one for me personally is adventure. I've always had a desire ever since I was 11 or 12 years old to be an adventurer. And again, to go along with that, in my life, when I've really wanted to do something, God has just opened the door for me to do it. I haven't had to work real hard for it. It's just God has put me in places. God has created opportunities. God has connected me with people for me to live out my adventurous dreams. I haven't done a lot of that over the last few years, but my days aren't over. I've just, I've had to take care of other responsibilities in my life. But that is not the only territory in my family. Another territory in my family, in the roadside side of the family, is the territory of business. So out of my family, we have a lot of business owners, successful business owners. My brother, a very successful business owner. My uncle, a very successful, well, he was, he sold his business, he's in retirement now, but was a very successful business owner. My auntie, a very successful business owner. On my mother's side, my great-grandpa my great and my great-uncle and another great-uncle, successful business owners. Business is a territory in my family. But guess what? It's not my territory. So throughout the years, I have tried different businesses, different, like just, just small, small businesses. And even though there was a little bit from it, there was a little bit of action, a little bit of money, none of it ever took off. I had to work really hard. I had to stress out. I had to get all confused. Why? It just wasn't my territory. It's in my family's territory, but it's not Jonathan Rhodes' territory. And I would apply faith to it. I would apply money to it. No matter what I did, no matter how much I prayed, no matter how much I researched, no matter how many people I talked to about this business, it just didn't work because it wasn't my territory. Throw the little business idea out the window Jump back into a ministry mindset. Watch out. Here we go. The doors is going to open. It's always been that way. Now, why am I telling you this? I'm telling you this as a precursor to the message because we're going to be talking about four sources of faith in action. You can have all the faith in the world, but if you're not applying your faith in the right way, in the right territory, you still will not experience the blessings or the success from God that you are intended to receive simply because you might be in the wrong place in your life currently. Am I making sense? You're looking at me like I'm a knot on a log. I might look like a knot on a log, but I'm not a knot, knot on a log. So let's talk about faith, specifically faith in action. Going back to the beginning, to be successful, to prosper, according to God's plan for our life, we have to put faith in the action. We're going to look at four areas 
four sources for faith in action. Word, a word, a sign, a desire, a wonder. So in each one of these, I have a honorable mention of a story in the Bible, and I have a, a Bible verse. So the first source of faith in action will be from a word from God to you. This word can come from Scripture. This word can come from another brother or sister. This word can come from a dream. But nonetheless, when we receive a word from God, it has the power and the push to cause our faith to go into action. Now, an honorable mention is Peter walking on water. Peter just didn't get out of the boat and walk on water. He said, Jesus, or Lord, if this is you, call me out there. What did he hear? He heard a word. Jesus said, come. Peter stepped out of the boat, and he walked on water. Now, the one for us to just look at a little bit deeper I'm not going to dive deep into these stories because I have four of them, and I don't want to overextend your time. But the next one is Abraham leaving his family. Now, let's look at Genesis 12. I think we have it on, on the screen. Genesis 12, verses 1 through 4 says this. Now, the Lord said to Abram, go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land I will show you. And I will make you a great nation, and I will bless you and make your name great, so that you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and him who dishonors you, I will curse. And in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. So Abram went as the Lord had told him, and Lot went with him. Abraham was 75 years old when he departed from Haran. What? An act of faith. If you notice, it says that he left his country, the area that he was from. He left his kindred, that was his relatives, that was his kin, people he was very familiar with, people he was very comfortable with. He left his father's house. This was, he left his immediate family and the blessings and the, and the security that he had in that house. And he was going to go to a land that he didn't really know where it was at. See, God didn't tell him exactly where he was going at that moment. God said, I want you to go to the land that I will, future tense, that I will show you. And I find this very uh, respectful when it comes to Abraham, that he was willing to change his whole life, everything he knew, he was willing to drop it. He was willing to change it. And there was two things here. Number one, there was the promise of success. What was his promise of success? I will make you a great nation. Remember, he didn't have any kids at this point. I will bless you and I will make your name great. Your, in other words, your reputation would be wonderful. So that you will be a blessing. So that was the promise of success. But he had to trust the Lord by acting on a word. 
Sometimes we need a word. It's not the only source of faith in action, but it is a big, big source. When you have something in you, when you want to increase, when you want your territory to be enlarged, one of the go-tos is the word, B-I-B-L-E, or a word, a vertical experience between you and your heavenly Father that is, of course, backed by the word. Peter received a word and he walked on water. Abraham received a word and he left everything to be a great nation and to be the father of a people that would birth the Savior, that would save or redeem the whole world. And it was from a word. So the second one is a sign. So honorable mention is Gideon. Gideon was a weak leader in the weakest tribe in all of Israel, but yet the angel of the Lord came to him and was like, hey, you are a mighty warrior. Gideon was freaking out. I'm not a mighty warrior. I'm a weak dude from a weak tribe. And the angel's like, no, you're a mighty warrior. And Gideon was like, give me a sign if this is true. And there was a sign with dew, with, 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 with some dew on something and another day of not dew on something. Anyway, it was a supernatural, miraculous sign to Gideon. But the one we're really going to look at is Jonathan, the son of King Saul, when him and his armor bearer took on a garrison of Philistines. And this is in 1 Samuel chapter 14, verse 6 through 10. Jonathan said to the young man, being the armor bearer, who carried his armor, come, let us go over to the garrison of these uncircumcised, that's the Philistines. It may be that the Lord will work for us. I like that. It may be. So he didn't have a definite. There was no guarantee at this moment. This was purely and fully a thought of faith for a good deed. That the Lord will work for us. For nothing can hinder the Lord from saving by many or by few. And his armor bearer said to him, do all that is in your heart. Do as you wish. Wish, Excuse me. Behold, I am with you heart and soul. Then Jonathan said, behold, we will cross over to the men and we will show ourselves to them. If they say to us, wait until we come to you, then we will stand still in our place and we will not go up to them. But... If they say, come up to us, then we will go up, for the Lord has given them into our hand. And this shall be the sign to us. Let me throw this at you. When you are at the edge of of, of a big decision, you may or may not, or you should or maybe should not just go off of people in your life telling you to do it. His armor bearer, a man that he trusted with his life, was like, go for it. I'm with you, heart and soul. But that is not what pushed Jonathan to this great feat of faith. And it was a great feat because Jonathan And the armor bearer was taken on a whole garrison. This was two men, which you will find out later, against 20 plus. 
the odds was against him. Sometimes we have in our heart to do something that the odds are not in our favor. Walking on water was not in Peter's favor. Being thrown into the lion's den was not in Daniel's favor. Samson pushing apart the pillars to bring down the Colosseum to kill thousands of Philistines was not in his favor. Sometimes God calls us to do things that is not in our favor, that requires risk, discomfort, sacrifice. And when we find ourselves in this situation, I would encourage you to make sure before you take that step of faith that you get something from God for you to know beyond a shadow of a doubt that this is something that that God is behind. And if God be for me, who can be against me? Amen. For Jonathan, it was a specific, physical, tangible be able to see, be able to touch, sign. It wasn't the backing of his armor bearer. It was a sign from God. God still works in signs today. God moves and wonders today. This was not an Old Testament thing. This was not a, uh, signs was not a New Testament thing. God works in signs and there and usually a sign is something that's abnormal for you and your life they may or may not be supernatural just within themselves but normally speaking your sign will be abnormal for you because if it's just normal for you where, how does that produce supernatural faith? It could just be by coincidence. It could just be by something you want to happen. Lord, if it's your will, wake me up at 6 o'clock, but your natural alarm clock is 5.55. Silly example, but you know what I mean. Like Normally, when you're asking God for a sign... It is usually something different than what we are typically accustomed to. But when we get a sign, it can be a source of faith for our faith in action. We see something. We hear something. Somebody says something. A door opens. It's a sign. God is with me. And you can put your faith to the test and know God is going to be with you. Amen? The third one is a desire. Now, there is a scripture we're going to look at here. We don't have an honorable mention. We're just going to go straight to the point. has to do with Saul when he wanted to go to Jerusalem. I'm going to give you two verses, though. And I want you to see the desire of Paul. And I want you to see the faith of Paul. So the desire of Paul, we read in Acts 19, uh, verse 21. Now, after these events, Paul resolved. That word is very important. Uh, If you was to read the NIV, it would be decided. If you was to read the New King James Version, it would be purposed. So basically, Paul had a desire in his, it says, resolved in the spirit. Paul had a desire to pass through Macedonia 
I'm going to get this wrong. Uh, 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 I want to just pass it up, but uh, a cot. Huh? Whatever, let's just go. And go to Jerusalem, saying, after I have been there, I must also see Rome. Rome. I'm going to blame that on Mississippi all the way, y'all. That's just Mississippi coming out. I can't get my tongue or my mind just don't work around certain things. That, that, that town don't matter anyway in this context. It, what matters is Jerusalem. He was wanting, he had a desire, a purpose, a resolve to go to Jerusalem. It was, it was a desire. And if you study Paul's life, this is not the only time it surfaced. It has surfaced previously, and even the Holy Spirit forbid him uh, to go there. But at this moment in his life, it was a little bit different. You jump forward a couple chapters to Acts 21, verses 10 through 14. Uh, you see his faith. While we were staying for many days, this is Paul, uh, Timothy, and another guy, I forget the name. A prophet named Agabus came down from Judea. And coming to us, he took Paul's belt and bound his own feet and hands and said, Thus says the Holy Spirit, this is how the Jews at Jerusalem will bind the man who owns this belt. And deliver him into the hands of the Gentiles. When we heard this, we and the people there urged him not to go up to Jerusalem. Then Paul answered, what are you doing? Weeping and breaking my heart? For I am ready not only to be imprisoned, but even to die in Jerusalem for the name of the Lord Jesus. And since he would not be persuaded... We ceased and said, let the will of the Lord be done. So you saw his desire. His desire was to go to Jerusalem. And then you saw his faith. His faith was, in spite of being bound up, in spite of being handed over to the authorities, In spite of possible death, he was going to Jerusalem. Even though he received this type of warning. See, I I personally believe Paul uh, had an ultimatum. You know, in my life, I've experienced kind of God, God put me at a crossroads and basically saying to me, hey, you can do A or B, it's up to you, It's, it's okay. Either way you go. It's on you. And I, I, I believe, you, you can definitely, you know, de- debate me in this, and neither one of us will be right or wrong, but uh, I believe that, that, that he could have chose not to go. But because of his desire, this thing in his spirit that it said in 19, he resolved. Something was churning in him that he finally resolved, I am going to Jerusalem. This push, this pursuit, 
this hunger, this desire had already been in him and he had been forbidden. But at this point in his life, he finally resolved it and he decided, I'm going to Jerusalem regardless of the outcome. Sometimes action or faith in action occurs simply because we have a desire, a fire burning in our heart to do something and we finally get a resolve. We finally decide. We finally get clarity. It might end in struggle. It might end in pain. It might end in death. But That's not the point. The point is a desire deep inside your heart to do something specific. So sometimes it may not be a word. Sometimes it may not be a sign. Sometimes it just might be a deep, earning desire inside of you that you finally resolve. And the resolving is, I'm going to Jerusalem. And I'm willing to pay the price for it. The fourth one is a wonder. Honorable mention is on the day of Pentecost. So Jesus told the disciples, "Uh, hey, wait in Jerusalem. They waited, they, they, wait, they waited there. It was a total of about 120. They was in a prayer room. All of a sudden, uh, the Bible says that the Holy Spirit came in this prayer room, sounding like a mighty rushing wind with cloven tongues and with fire upon their heads. It was a wonder and it was a sign that they are to go into all the world and preach the gospel and continue what Jesus had started. But go a few chapters in. Acts 4, verse 31, you come across another wonder that really caused them to carry on the faith that they started with. See, Peter and John had prayed for a man that that was healed. The authorities didn't like it. The authorities arrested them, put them in jail for the night, and then the next morning brought brought them in uh, to like a court-type area. And basically forbid them. The Bible says forbid them to preach Jesus anymore. And they gave them more threats. They was let go. And when they were let go, they immediately went to the fellow to fellow believers. Uh, at that point, the scripture says there was about 5,000 there. Or total, not necessarily in wherever they were going. So they went and they told everything that happened to them. And when you read the text and you read the whole context, you can tell that there was a struggle. There was a battle. What is going to happen to us? We've just been threatened. We've just been put into prison. What should we do? Our master, our savior, who resurrected from the grave, told us to go preach the gospel. And we did. And there's healing. And there's this... There was a spiritual experience, but now I'm being arrested and now I'm being threatened. What do I do? They were at a distinct crossroads and their faith was being challenged. Do they continue in the faith? Do they go underground? Or do they go back to their old lives? Peter already tried that once when he went fishing after the resurrection and it just didn't work out for him. 
Why? Because it wasn't his territory any longer. God can change your territory. And let me give you a warning. If you ever go back to your old territory, it will never, never, never work out. So what did they do? They prayed. Let me read you this. Acts 4.31. And when they had prayed, the place in which they were gathered together was shaken. Earthquake. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and continued to speak the word of God with, can you say it? Boldness. They didn't go underground. They didn't go back to their old territory. They continued. In the success of their calling in the success of their ministry. They continued in the achievement of the commission that Jesus had placed on them. And why did they do it? Because a wonder had just occurred beneath their feet. The shaking Imagine if you was facing something and you prayed and you wasn't experiencing a California earthquake, but God was shaking your house. It would be a wonder that would increase your faith, that would keep you on the road of success that God has called you to. See, God moves in different ways. And he supplies different sources to cause our faith to go into action. And our job is to recognize what God is doing to develop the faith and then to act upon that faith. Maybe God will give you a word. Maybe God will give you a sign. Maybe God will cause you to resolve a desire. Maybe God will perform a supernatural wonder beneath your feet. If you are serious about succeeding, increasing, having dominion over the territory that God is giving you, you're going to have to come to terms that it's going to take an act of faith. You're going to have to do something. And it's not just going to be going to church. It's not going to be just reading your Bible. The Bible says faith without works, without action. What is works? Works is simply action. Faith without action is dead. 
It doesn't remove mountains because Jesus said just a little bit of faith will cause a mountain to be uprooted and cast into the sea. The Bible says it takes faith to please God. See, faith in action throughout Scripture is what caused man to do when I say man, I mean humanity. Caused humanity to do and to be everything that God had called and purposed and created them to be. See, you're called to prosper. You're called to succeed. You're called, you're purposed, you're ordained by God to achieve the things that he has placed in you. The uniqueness, the unique ways that you are formed, how you are wired, what kind of floats your boat or the things that you don't like, whatever it might be, you are called to it. It's you. It's how he made you. But in order to fulfill it, you're going to have to put faith into action. Christians should not be spectators. The world has become a world of spectators. We spectate by watching TV. We spectate by watching movies. We spectate by looking at social media. We spectate by just being settled with entertainment. I'm not saying it's wrong to relax and unwind with those things. I'm not saying that. But what I am saying is God will never do anything with you if all you are is a spectating Christian. Because there's no heroes in the Bible that were spectators. It was people that got up, knew they had something to do, exercised that faith. And it didn't always go the way they thought it was going to go, but they still exercised that faith. And God did miracles for them. Amen? That's what I got for today. Amen. Give the Lord a good hand clap of praise. Thanks so much for joining us. We hope God spoke to you personally through this message and continues to encourage you throughout the coming weeks.